Well, for the past five weeks, we have been on a uh, journey, a particular journey here in the St. Paul's family of reading a book, The Prayer of Jabez, and uh, reflecting on the wisdom of that book and also reflecting on its implications for our lives. Uh, Or if you have missed the last few weeks of this, uh, have no fear. I only want to extract one quotation from Bruce Wilkinson's book. And he said this early on in the first chapter. Someone once said there is really very little difference between people. But that little difference makes a great deal of difference. Think about that. There is very little difference between people, but that little difference makes a great deal of difference. My daughter... Jean was hosting a bachelorette party weekend at Edisto Beach just three weeks ago. Friends of the bride were coming from near and far. Two of the ladies who could not leave until Saturday morning were coming from Macon, Georgia, making a short weekend even shorter, arriving on Saturday, leaving on Sunday. They called about 10.30 a.m. Saturday morning about the time they were to arrive at Edisto to say they were in Valdosta, Georgia, and five hours away still. They had ridden almost to Florida on I-75 South (laughs) rather than taking I-16 East to Savannah. The only thing I see similar in that story are the eyes for interstate. I don't get it. Just out of curiosity, I googled the actual distance from Valdosta to Edisto Beach, and it's not only five hours, it's five hours and 46 minutes, or 287 miles. And yes, these are all college graduates. (laughs) One of the friends, Taylor, from Boston, flew into Charleston Airport Friday night, rented a car with a GPS, keyed in Edisto, these are true stories, arriving at Edisto Gardens in Orangeburg an hour and a half later, and still an hour and a half from Edisto Beach. Now we're getting closer to home. There is really very little difference between Edisto Beach in your GPS and Edisto in your GPS, but that little difference makes a great deal of difference. Just ask Taylor. Bruce Wilkinson said in that book, there's really very little difference between people. That difference makes a great deal of difference. Or, it's tempting to add, there is really very little difference between churches. Aren't they all alike? But that little difference makes a great deal of difference. Or, we might make it a bit more personal and say, there is really very little difference between Christians. But that little difference makes a great deal of difference. Think about that. There's really very little difference between Christians, but that little difference makes a great deal of difference. I want to suggest to you this morning, in this marvelous weekend of celebration and joy, after Good Friday sadness, that Good Friday and Easter Day are the difference between Christians. And let me tell you what I mean by that. If Good Friday is about belief, 
then Easter Sunday is about behavior. Good Friday, Jesus says, this is for you. And he stretched out his arms on the hardwood of the cross. And we often reply when we get it, wow, wow, such love. Easter Sunday, we are invited to ask, how can I become like him? How can I learn to love as he loved? How could I learn to treat friend and guest, stranger, spouse, and son or daughter the way he treated other people? How? Good Friday brings from our lips an exclamation, Wow! Easter Sunday brings from our lips a question, How? What we're talking about, of course, is personal transformation. And it begins, I believe, with the decision, a yearning to want to be different. One way one might express this is, it begins with a decision to stop trying to fix others, wife, husband, son, daughter, employee, employer, stop trying to fix others and decide to make it a priority to work on yourself. This is not about becoming a self-conscious person. We need deliverance from being self-conscious. But it is about becoming a self-aware individual in our daily living, in our daily actions, our daily behavior. It is an invitation to self-examination. C.S. Lewis moved from being a Good Friday Christian. He was first an atheist and non-believer. He became a believer, came to a point in his life where he said, wow, but very shortly after that, he came to Easter desire of new behavior. And he said this about himself, wrote this. For the first time, Lewis wrote, I examined myself with a seriously practical purpose, and there I found what appalled me, a zoo of lust a bedlam of ambitions, a nursery of fears, a harem of fondled hatreds. My name was Legion. And what this is about is not trying harder. When we try harder, we find that it doesn't work. We trip over the same thing. It doesn't work. No matter what your first grade teacher or your eighth grade football coach or your 12th grade dance instructor or whoever it is, your mom or dad says, you have to try harder. That's not the primary nor the particularly important part of the story. I'd like to share a personal story on a small scale of how the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus work out of Easter Sunday resurrection power because I shared with you the first half of it unintentionally a few weeks ago. It was not in my notes for that day. We were talking about the missing ingredient in most lives and we were talking about that missing ingredient being the ingredient being the elusive Holy Spirit. And I was uh, stunned in my own preparation and then it kind of really came out here to acknowledge How can I talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of His transforming ways and I cannot even say no to eating less? 
I was dealing at the time a few weeks ago, have been dealing with weight gain for the last several years, three steps forward, five steps back, and so on and so forth. I shared elements of that. But on that morning, I essentially was making a public confession, wasn't I? I said, I've tried to do this, and I've been failing. I tried before Christmas. I tried during January Covenant Month. I tried as Lent began, and I was needing to try again. Well, from that day, it's been different. Something happened. The elusive Holy Spirit, I submit to you, happened to this Christian once again. And from that day, something that was turned on turned off the desire. It was really mysterious. And I had been on this steady, disciplined exercise about eating and exercise ever since, three or four weeks ago. And three or four weeks ago, I was back up to 212 and a half pounds. My doctor's scale says it's even higher, but I don't believe his scale. I believe <laughs> mine. And this morning I weighed, and I was 204.8 pounds, under 205 pounds for the first time in almost a year. And okay. But I just, just that's the power of the Spirit. It wasn't trying hard. I've been trying harder. So somehow it begins with admitting my need, believing that the Lord and His Spirit are real. He is with you, Jesus says, and He wants to be in you, Jesus says. And there is always more when we are willing to give Him our time. And when there is a willingness from within to do something we've never done before, try Him. Paul got it. Of course, he got a four-by-four beam in the back of his head on the road to Damascus. And he probably got the wow and the how on the same day, although Paul says he went away for three years to figure this out because it was such a stunning change in his understanding of truth and reality. He met the risen Lord, as he said, as though one untimely born. And so he says things like this. You also were included in Christ. He's talking to other believers. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and having believed you were marked in Him, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And so he says further in that same little section of his letter to the church in Ephesus and the church in Somerville, if you will, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be opened in order that you may know, now get this, that you may know His incomparably great power for us, for us who believe. That power, you won't know what it's like, that power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ Jesus when He raised Him from the dead. The power that we celebrate this morning that raised Jesus from the dead is a power, Paul says, is a deposit granted to you and offered to you and available to you that Jesus says the Spirit is with you and will be in you when you allow Him, invite Him, seek Him, ask for Him. So Paul will write to a church in Corinth and the church in Somerville. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore. For the old life is gone. A new life has begun. Or as we heard in the passage from 
Colossians this morning, the letter to the church in Coloss. Paul writes, you've been raised with Christ. You died. You died to the old way of life, the old dependencies, depending on self, depending on willpower, depending on money. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, when he returns, you also will appear with him in glory. He's describing what you will look like when Jesus returns in your transformed state of the spirit-filled, spirit-empowered, spirit-transformed individual. Personal transformation in the power of the spirit over the years, over the decades, will produce the fruit of changed behaviors. We don't have time for this this morning, but simply to say there are three primary and radical differences that will come about in you in time. One is participation. You will become a glad, joyful participation in faith. And what I mean by in faith is in worship, in small group community, even in daily quiet time, it will become a practice, look forward to discipline in the power of the Spirit. Participation. Secondly, you can't help it. You will start pulling the wallet out of your purse or the credit card out of your pocket or pull something off your shelf that has your portfolio in it of stocks or property and you will suddenly become, in the power of the Spirit, a generous person. You can't help it. It comes with a new heart, generous towards those in need and generous towards the body of Christ, his church. It just happens in this new life. And with that generosity will, become, will come another newfound joy, the blessing of giving. And finally, can't help it. The Spirit enables this. You will have a heart of compassion. You will care about individuals, circumstances, and situations that before you wouldn't have cared two cents about, and all of a sudden you care. Before you may have cared about your child, now you care about every child. Before you may have cared about a stranger you knew down the street, now you care about every stranger that you encounter. It multiplies the transformed life. And obviously, little by little, through participation and generosity and compassion, you become the person God intended you to be from the beginning. And you will become that way in the power of the Spirit. I say this over and over because I'd like for you not to forget this until it sinks in and settles in your heart, this journey of transformation in Christ. Gert Bahana, quoting a long-dead, she said, a long-dead slave. In other words, something from another time and place. Oh, Lord, she prayed, I ain't what I want to be. Oh, Lord, I ain't what I ought to be. Oh, Lord, I ain't what I'm going to be. But thanks, Lord, I ain't what I used to be. Amen to that. I can look back over 35 years of my 60 years now, 35 years ago when I became a Christian, celebrating and thankful as each Easter has gone by that I'm not the person I used to be. Of course, there's a long ways to go. My wife, my daughters tell me that all the time. 
But thank you, Lord, I ain't what I used to be. C.S. Lewis wrote, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Brothers and sisters, what we are talking about this morning is your life and mine. And it is of infinite importance to God himself. Send his son to die for us. And in the power of his spirit, his incomparably great power for us who believe, he raised him from the dead in order that we too might enjoy and live a resurrection life. Good Friday is pure gift. This is for you, Jesus says, in love. Easter Day is, oh, brothers and sisters, there is so much more for your life than just living. There is living in the power of His resurrection, Paul has written to us, to direct us and encourage us. So indeed, let's go full circle. There is really very little difference between Christians, but that little difference makes a great deal of difference. What kind of Christian has God called you to be? A Good Friday Christian? Or a Good Friday plus Easter-empowered Christian? Come back for a refill. The Lord wants you to come back for more. We believe St. Paul's is a little different from other churches. But that little difference makes a great deal of difference. We believe St. Paul's is a spirit-empowered Easter Sunday kind of church. We offer free refills next week and the week after. Come back for more. Amen.